three nights of all teams went out and played like swaggering dandies as the Hamlet do. An absolute humdinger from about 25 yards. Get it. Swaggering dandies. An absolute humdinger. Swaggering dandies. Now Hugo, Hugo, don't go. Hugo, do- Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Ford the Hamlet. My name's Ben Sibley. And you've just heard Hugo Greenhouse leaving. Unfortunately, we've just had a huge row and over various creative differences, Hugo has decided to no longer contribute to the podcast. So this episode, I'm afraid, is just going to be me on my own. I hope you managed to enjoy it without Hugo's presence. Coming up in this episode, we speak to London-based charity Football Beyond Borders. So it's great to be able to tell these stories uh, and, and to get our kids involved in telling these stories so, they don't, you know, so they're not obsessed with just Messi and Ronaldo, which is just you know, a different level of football. We also meet football blogger Laura Jones. Uh, whereas you seem to be investing quite a lot in your, in your youth setup, uh, and you've got quite a lot of good young players that are just starting. Dulwich Hamlet committee member Mishy Marath talks to us about the 125 Intercity Appeal. We're billing it as a 90th anniversary of when we went to Germany on the 1925 Easter tour and we beat them and Edgar Cowell played for us and playing for them was um, Adolf Jager, who their stadium's named off. And we'll finish off with a roundup of events and news from around the club over the past couple of weeks. But first, here are the guys from Football Beyond Borders. My name is Pez, I'm the head of comms for Football Beyond Borders. I'm Nick and I'm head of digital content for Football Beyond Borders. And for people who don't know of Football Beyond Borders... Introduce yourselves. Uh, we're a charity that uh, works with young people using football, the power of football specifically, to inspire them to achieve their goals. Now those goals might be uh, to become a footballer, but they also might be just to, uh, to find employment or to work in media, which is something that we're working on a lot at the moment. Uh, myself and Nick uh, are trying to set up a channel called FBB TV, which is basically uh, a youth-led media platform using YouTube. Um, for the young people that we work with to create basically their own football media, to produce it, to present it, uh, and to get all the media skills that they'll need in future to be able to to work in football media. Because one of the big problems we see on a day-to-day basis is the lack of diversity in football, both on the pitch but also off the pitch in terms of uh, media organisations. And so it's it's important for us to, to work with these young people, to give them the skills that they need to then have an influence later on in life. And so whose idea was it in the first place? Who founded it? Was there a founding group or...? Well, borders, yes. as an organisation, it's a lot broader. Uh, it's it's not five years ago. I think we started. Uh, we're working with young people, um, kind of ourselves as a group as of young people at SOAS University in London. Uh, five years ago, it was kind of like the football team of SOAS would go across to different countries in the world and use football as a form of diplomacy. But it's evolved a lot since then. And in July, we got registered as a charity. We'd started working in one school already in in, in South London because after the 2011 riots. In London, we thought, you know, we could apply the same skills we've learned working abroad in London. Uh, but we also thought, you know, football isn't the only thing that can influence these people's lives. Uh, Nick started working with us in September, and he's had experience working on YouTube with the FA and with FIFA, FIFA TV. But Nick wanted to do something a bit more youth-focused. Nick came in and got involved in, in showing us how we could use our kind of strength on digital and social. Uh, we've got a really massive following on Twitter. Uh, and basically to use the 
the amazing talent that we have within the organisation to create kind of visual content about football. Uh, and so, Nick, maybe you want to talk more about football being bought as TV? Yeah, absolutely. So I got on board, like I said, last September. My background is, is uh, sort of digital content specifically and uh, entertainment stuff with MTV and then the FA. And I just kind of, I saw, f- I mean, I saw football on borders and just bef- after I started, they were, they were planning this event with Joey Barton, Guillaume Balaguet. Uh, we we're going to show some of the films that are founded. Um, Jasper Kane, is a, he's a director. And he, he shot these films, one about this schools project, our first ever schools project on their tour to Scotland, and another about Favela World Cup that we uh, that we organised in um, in Salvador de Bahia in, in um, with last summer when the World Cup was going on. That's a whole other story. But that he showed these films, and they, they were. Um, I just got, when I heard about Joey Barton and, and Guillaume Balaguer were going to be there for the night, I thought there's something to be made here. There's content. There's we can you know broadcast this ourselves. So we decided to do a live stream of the of the evening. Uh, the whole evening and, and it, it went well we, the numbers weren't amazing but we hit 55 different countries and I just kind of thought hang on there's, there's massive scope here we've got some faces we've got filmmakers and for the first time I saw Jasper's films and I saw these stories that he told fantastic really really inspiring stuff and I thought hang on you know as an organisation we seem to I've never seen there's 250 people in the room and there was this massive passion there and we just thought do you know what we've got the skills we've got I think an audience we've got the desire to you know to do something here with and video being the most emotive of medias as well it's like look we can do this so just took a t- we kicked the idea around for a while you know played back and forth and at the same time people like Copper 90 come and speak to us about potentially doing some work uh, we met some producers at BBC and it seemed to be like we've got stories to tell how do we tell them so we just kind of yeah started then I suppose after that event and, and we uh, yeah we, the idea is just to see just to give these young people a voice it's just uh, they're so I mean the media at the moment it's, just all, it's a one sided story isn't it it's like but there's so many good stories to tell there's so many positive things to do and football as it's unifying as football and borders you know the lads have done some amazing work for years unifying around it and it's like well let's just keep that but let's put it on a on a, on a sort of uh, let's record it and, and, and put these amazing stories out and yeah it's been a great great and, journey and to take advantage as well as some of the stories that haven't been told in football or haven't been told as well such stories like Dulwich which is just amazing like this is my first time Nick's been down two weeks ago to see it and to film with the kids to film here and it's just amazing the, the atmosphere you have, uh, the positivity that exists amongst the fans, the community amongst the fans is something that I've only seen at Clapton, which is also non-league, and I've never seen at Premier League level. So it's great to be able to tell these stories uh, and, and to get our kids involved in telling these stories so, they don't, you know, so they're not obsessed with just Messi and Ronaldo, which is just you know, a different level of football. Um, so it's great to be welcomed in as well by yourselves, by the club, by the fans. It's, it's really great to be here. It's th- thank you very much for that. That's absolutely no problem. You mentioned F- FBB TV. How do kids get involved with that? Is there a selection process or do they apply? Or At, at the moment, we started working with the young people from our schools' programmes because these are, these are the personalities we knew. And I think, again, watching the Scotland, it's, it's called All Stars of Scotland, if anyone wants to check it out, it's on YouTube. And he saw these, these kids and it was just so natural. There were such characters and they were you know, just cracking up watching them. And this kind of, you know... Um, their first experience of being out of London, they went a lot of them have been out of Croydon, out of South London. So it's amazing to see these characters. I think that's really what sparked the idea. It's like, hang on, imagine these kids just sitting around talking about football, talking about we could hear them bantering. You know, we speak to them about football. We know, you know, they've got their opinions. They've got their and you know the way they sit is is a, such a exciting, fresh way, fresh way. And that's really you know football media is not you know in the mainstream. It's not particularly fresh, is it? But there seems to be, and that's the, the brilliance for the digital. Like we can all make our own stuff now and sort of 
work together. So yeah, we thought we'd give these kids a platform. They've just been fantastic and really ran with it and just been a you know, pleasure and inspiration to work with and, and do all this. They, yeah, their knowledge and their sort of yeah, just great fun. It's they want to keep going. They're driving us to keep going. <laughs> and that's the hardest thing. So we're actually going to be running an event here and we're going to be filming and actually showing some of the screenings we've done uh, at Dulwich two weeks away from now on the 21st of March and we're going to do a fundraiser here and the club have been very good at allowing us to come in and do that. So that's very exciting for us as an organisation to be able to work with a club like Dulwich uh, and to, to bring our whole community together on that day to do a fundraiser and to and to show the work show, that we've yeah. the kids have been filming as well and at I'll, Dulwich and to show our, the rest of the people in the organisation Dulwich as well you know and that feeling of being when we were here a couple of weeks ago do, making the short film that we're opening the show we brought one of the young lads from Croydon and he'd been to Palace and he'd been to Anfield because those were his two teams and he said you know that was brilliant but he'd never seen anything like this at all never seen the sort you know the passion I didn't know it existed really and there's all these kids you know who just stones stones yeah. stones you know it's so close to the grounds and it's just like he had no idea, so I think just to open everybody's eyes. So look, this is on your doorstep. You can get involved here. It's, you know, it's Premier League is what it is, and it's got a great, you know, amazing product, it's, and the football is fantastic. But this is kind of experience, same experience, and just to get them down and sort of see that. I think all our people across, you know, across all the, um, you know, the, the women's teams, the youth teams, the, the, the younger kids at the schools really benefit from yeah. getting along. Our, our women came along today for International Women's Day, and they loved it. And it's great that the club will kind of look at those days in the diary and say look free football for women that is fantastic we brought three or four of our women's team here today and they've loved it so I'm sure they'll be back yeah it's been fantastic one of the points that keeps coming through from new fans and for existing fans as well actually is the fact that they seem to see league football as businesses like clubs in league football as businesses and clubs in non-league especially like Dulwich it's more of a community is that something that first brought you guys down to Dulwich a couple of weeks ago I'm interested to find out why you actually chose Dulwich to, to come and Involved, yeah, I think quite a few of us are South London based from Football Beyond Borders. Um, yeah, I've been here for a few years. I know the guys at Bricks and Buzz and I read their stuff. I know Mike and Rich and those guys. Um, and I'd seen just the, the kind of grounds well and I'd seen this all growing. It just seemed like an interesting idea in terms of um, we... I mean, the, the David Goldblatt and the fan network. Mm-hmm. And that was it was Duncan, I think, from the Supporters Trust who, who, who reached out to us and we were sort of working with him. Um, and it's just a, it's a great story, isn't it? The, you know, everything is building seems to be the same values of, of a lot of what Football Beyond Borders is about and about the grassroots and the social justice and, and you know and pulling together to, to create something and we just thought you know it seems like our sort of place and, and I think also we wanted to we, uh, tell us you know tell a bit of a story um, about yeah you know, about the club mm. and about how non-league uh, is able to create these communities that at premiership level cannot exist uh, because of how corporatized it is because of how monetized it is it's more about a consumer experience like they're not seen as fans anymore they're seen as consumers whereas here the club even the club the way they treat you they don't see you as consumers they see you as fans and they see you as part of this Dulwich family and I think that is something that needs to be spread out it's a model that can be spread out to other clubs in the same way that here it's, there are so many different levels you know the, the fans are able to actually influence the, the levels above them they're able to have some kind of engagement whereas a lot of fans at Premier League clubs have no engagement with their club and have no chance to kind of use their facilities or or to, to get some kind of engagement on a community level unless it's like some kind of corporate CSR programme which is very limited here you can really see how all of those things are integrated the community and the club are working together um, as supporters fans you know supporters and fans are working together with the club and that is a better model for football really than the Premier League at the moment and in five years time 
where is FBB? What's the end goal? <laughs> um, it's, it's a long, I mean, five years is a long time in terms of FBB. So sometimes things change for us on a month-to-month basis. We grow. We're, we're really in the snowballing stage. More and more people getting involved, more and more volunteers, more and more funding coming in for our school projects, which are really important. We really feel we can have an impact on kids. The younger we can work with them at schools and the structures they have there can work. So we, I think ideally we'd be spreading to loads of other schools, working in, in different schools and getting more volunteers involved in that. So basically football fans working and, and actually being able to contribute to their own communities. Uh, in terms of FBB TV, we're thinking of a long-term plan of turning that into a, a production company in itself that films and produces good quality film content for clubs or organisations uh, based around the country or, or around the world. And using and at the front of that, at the forefront, is young people, young people creating their own media, young people getting trained in the skills necessary to, to work in the media. Um, so, so I think that's something that can work from the grassroots level up. You know, yourselves doing a, a podcast and, and, and talking to people uh, around the club. That's something that young people could do and really learn from. Um, and it's not very difficult for them to do because they, they're digital natives. They understand the world of digital better than even we do at you know, our age. So it's really exciting for us to be working with them. And in five years, I mean, the potential is massive. Absolutely, massive. absolutely. And the school, with the school stuff we're doing, the idea of curriculums and, and potentially looking at uh, football, sort of football academies as well, you know, a few different ideas in the pipeline. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, I think that it's... There's a need, for, I think, for the work that Football Young Borders is doing in schools. You know, the, the education system is, is failing, and, and you know, sometimes you have to sort of step in and help the best ways you can. And I think by combining the, the, the learning model around the football model, you engage with so many people. And we just, the, you know, the work. I'm, I'm quite new to it, so I'm still quite fresh-faced. And to, to see some of the sort of, you know, to hear the stories about the, the kids they work, with, um, FBB work with in Croydon, and how they were when they started, how they are now in terms of behaviour, their confidence, they're just all around demeanour, and other teachers in the school saying things like, "You've made my life a pleasure." So I found us Christmas time. We got given some chocolates from a teacher he never met before, saying, "Listen, you've changed my year eight from from being a nightmare, in, in, you know, from being really hard sometimes hard work to to, to being you know a pleasure to teach." That the work that you've done with them has seemed to, seemed to really work. And that's just in one school. So, but we've now expanded to four, and I think you know there seems to be an appetite on you know for our work and, and what we can do and how we can help people. And and I think yeah, sky's the limit, really. We'll see. We'll see where we go. But it's exciting times. The very same day as our chat with Football Beyond Borders, we also caught up with football blogger Laura Jones. Hi, I'm Laura. I'm a, I'm a football blogger um, and a Sheffield Wednesday fan. How is that going at the moment? <laughs> Actually, better than it normally does with mid-table mediocrity which just suits me just fine and your love of football where did it begin oh it's a family thing really it's it's a bit like a cult in that um my mum and dad got married in the close season uh they had their wedding reception at hillsborough mm. they had blue and white bridesmaids cakes everything like that and uh, and they even bought their first home because it looks into the south stand so uh yeah, I didn't really stand a chance, to be honest. My brother and I were enrolled in uh, in the Young Owls the day after we were both born. So. And today was your first time at Dulwich. It was. What brought you down here? Um, I was invited down here by um, by some of the supporters and by the board um, for International Women's Day. So, so to try and encourage more women to uh, to get down to Dulwich Hamlet and see what it's all about. How did you find it? It was good. I enjoyed it. Beautiful day. Picked a good day to do it. You brought the spring with you, I Indeed, think. yeah. Um, game was good, yeah. Not quite the result you wanted, but 
yeah, it was a good game. Have you experienced non-league football before? Yeah, yeah, I've, 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 I've been to Sheffield FC, oldest football club in the world, which used to be on my doorstep. Um, and I've been up to Wheelston as well for a few games because a friend of mine at work is uh, is a massive Wheelston fan. So, yeah, I've uh, been to a few games. How has your football experience been over the years? Is it, has it been enjoyable in league football, watching league football with Sheffield Wednesday? <laughs> enjoyable is a strong word with Sheffield Wednesday, but um, yeah, if I didn't love it, I wouldn't come. There's, there's no two ways about it. It's, it's got a little bit of everything, highs, lows, good, bad. What keeps bringing you back to it? Just the hope that one day we'll be good again. <laughs> what do you think of the football today? Obviously, Dulwich lost 2-1. Uh, you've been to Sheffield, I've seen before. Did you enjoy it? Did you think the level of football was of a good standard? or? I thought it was a decent standard, yeah. Um, Sheffield FC's got all the facilities, but not necessarily got the quality. It, it still needs some progression, and uh, it's, it's been left out in the dark a little bit. Uh, whereas you seem to be investing quite a lot in your, in your youth setup, uh, and you've got quite a lot of good young players that are just starting out so I think you've got a good basis How does that compare with the Sheffield Wednesday Academy? Do you produce quite a few um, players? <clears throat> we aren't at the moment but uh, we have um, done a lot of investment over the last couple of years uh, we've now got a category 2 status for our academy and we're building a lot more facilities or the plan is to build more facilities anyway uh, so hopefully we'll see in the next couple of seasons the fruits of our labours really. And you're based in London, you're Sheffield Wednesday fan. Do you think you'll be coming to, back to watch Dulwich anytime soon? I can't see why not. It's, uh, it's a lovely ground, it's a, a lovely club and uh, yeah, don't see why not at all. This week's final interview is with Dulwich Hamlet committee member Mishi Marath and keep an eye out about two minutes in for some rather nice 1950s swing music. We're here on a Wednesday evening and it's the very first fundraising event for the Intercity 125 fundraising trip to Hamburg in 2018. Do you want to give us a bit more information about what it's all about? Well, obviously it's because of our friendship with us and the Altona fans. And they had this idea to come here and they're coming to us in next pre-season, uh, 10th of July 2015, their first team are coming over and their fans are fundraising to get them here. So they've only got less than a year to do it. Um, we're, we're billing it as a 90th anniversary of when we went to Germany on the 1925 Easter tour and we beat them and Edgar Cowell played for us. And playing for them was um, Adolf Jager, who their stadium's named after. So there's historic links, even though the friendship's recent. And they've invited us over there in 2018, which sounds a long time away, but it's actually the 125th anniversary of both clubs Hence, Intercity 125. And where is the money going to go towards? What's it going to be spent on? Basically, it will be to get the first team squad out there, paying for their accommodation. Um, we're hoping to, the, the target we're hoping for was approximately £8,000, which sounds a lot, but it's certainly doable. And that would be for a squad of 20 players and uh, four management team. All the committee, if I'm still on the committee, people like us, We'd still be paying ourselves. There's no, there's no, there's no freeloading. What we're, what we're doing is we're paying for the... Sorry, just along the background. We're, we're basically paying to take, take the team out there on a pre-season tour, which we're hoping will include uh, another game out there as well. So we'll have a game on the Friday. They'll be training on the Saturday. We'll have a supporters game on the Saturday, and the main game will be on the Sunday lunchtime. 
and it's um, in effect it's like um, a pre-season training camp for the first team which the club would never be able to organise or afford if it wasn't for the supporters of both clubs and you mentioned that this year is the 90th anniversary of the very first game ever played between the two clubs has the relationship been kept up solidly throughout that time or is it more recently that it started That's, it's to be... extremely recent um, well, I don't really like to talk about myself, but it was it was a fluke, sort of down to me that it started, because uh, obviously everyone knows I'm a bit of a sad git, and I was in Hamburg for a weekend in December 2012, I think it was. Anyway, um, I went over there to go to a few games, and one of them I picked out because they was at home, and I'd never seen them at home before. It was out of the '93. It's, it was one of not just the grounds I wanted to go to, but it was on my bucket list of grounds because I always known them as a famous 1893 club. I knew nothing about their supporters or their fan base. Very, very cold. I think it was their smallest game of the season. The temperature was in the minuses. And I'm wandering around the snow-covered grounds, taking photos of the ground. And this German bloke comes up and says to me something, blah, 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 whatever it is in German. And I said, sorry, mate, shrug your shoulders, only speak English. He spoke English, he was selling their fanzine. Which included, there was actually an article in English, so I had something to read. I spent the rest of the game with him. And I said to him, and I could see that their fans were like ours and we both had the love of football. And at the time, by complete coincidence as well, I was running the supporters team that year. And so I said, can we come over for our summer tour for the supporters team? And we went back and we played them on their main stadium pitch. And everyone, apart from myself, who doesn't drink, got very, very drunk that weekend, to say the least. But as the old saying goes, what goes on tour stays on tour. But if ever you're in Hamburg, there's this absolutely mental drink it's called Mexicana, and I think it's some sort of spirit-based tomato thing. You're, you're nodding and smiling at me, so you know well what it is. When I say what goes on tour stays on tour, let's just say they took us to a little bar off of the Reaper Barn, an ordinary bar, I hasten to add. But um, Sean was lining up little shots of um, Mexicana, and in the end, he just got out of his wallet and said to the bloke behind the jump, I sod it, mate. Um, I'll take the bottle. So basically, we just demolished it. And from... Us going over there, they've also been to us, over to us. They came over, it was in the promotion year, I think it was. We, we, I can't remember who we were playing, we had a home game. But they, they brought a whole coach load over. They came over by coach. So was a, there was well over 50 of them. And they came for the whole weekend. And we were fortunate enough to have a supporters game on the Sunday here on the main pitch. It was an absolutely amazing weekend. And as you, as you say, you've been there. Lots of Dulles fans have been backwards and forwards. They come here. And it's just an, ama- it's an amazing relationship and it goes back to that fluke where if, I hadn't, if, I, if I'd have been at that Alton again on my own taking photos but Jan hadn't been selling his fanzine, I wouldn't have spoken to anyone. I'd have just minded my own business, gone home and by that complete fluke, this is what's happening, it's amazing. I mean, I'm not sure how to say it but from, I've made friendships all over Europe through football, many of them with the Dulles Jan supporters team. But an actual link-up like this really... I don't think any other non-league club could match it. And this is the first, as we mentioned, the first fundraising event over the next three years. What's the next after this one? Is there one lined up? At the moment, we're very much in the planning stages, so I don't know what you'd call it, but a group of us have set up an Intercity 125, for lack of a better word, subcommittee or working party. And we've only met a couple of times so far. And so this is the start of it, a small event, and we're going to have lots more race nights, all different things and the beauty of it is every penny raised will be ring fenced so it can't be taken away if the club changes ownership or something like that it's not connected to the supporters trust or the football committee although there's members from both getting involved 
and every penny we raise will be safe separately in the 12th man bank account because everybody simply trusts the 12th man as an above board independent organisation not that the supporters trust or the football club aren't nowadays but it's to show that it's totally open to anyone to get involved in and it's not led by the football club it's not led by the trust it's led by the fans this Saturday which will be the 21st of March after the Dulwich Hamlet home game against East Thurrock Football Beyond Borders are hosting the fundraising event, the FBB TV fundraising launch event that they mentioned in our chat with them. I'm going to make no bones about it. I'm just going to read it from their Facebook event page so I don't get anything wrong. Uh, Football Beyond Borders are delighted to invite you to celebrate the launch of FBB TV, their new and exciting youth-led media channel. They'll be screening the exclusive premiere of two short films that they have produced in conjunction with their young participants and producers, featuring two of non-league football's finest clubs, Dulwich Hamlet and Clapton. The screenings of the films will be followed by some live music and some tunes from some very special guest DJs, so we can all have a dance and celebrate the exciting new project. Entry for the party, which is in the clubhouse at Champion Hill, will be free for anyone who has already donated £10 or over to the FBB TV crowdfunder. And to prove that, you need to bring out bring a printout of your donation, please. Suggested donations will also be asked of Dulwich and Clapton fans who have a match day ticket for the match on Saturday. So if you attend the Dulwich match, please do keep your ticket stub and you can use that to prove that you have attended the game and you can get in for free but be asked to donate. And come on down, it should be a great day. I suppose we should mention the two games that Dulwich have played since our last episode. First up was Dulwich against VCD at home a couple of weeks ago. Dulwich lost 2-1 after Kevin James put them 1-0 up after about half an hour. VCD came back quite strongly and grabbed two really good goals. And Despite being on top for long periods of the game, Dulwich couldn't create any more chances. and We lost to the relegation strugglers. And then another relegation threatened team on Saturday. Just gone, beat us 1-0. Hornchurch won, Dulwich Hamlet 0. Dulwich were on top for most of the first half but couldn't score and then about 25 minutes into the second half conceded a penalty Phil Wilson was sent the wrong way from the spot and it was 1-0 shortly after that Sean Mikulski was sent off straight red card for a pretty innocuous looking challenge after coming on at half time at this point a couple of the Dulwich Hamlet management team and a couple of substitutes came onto the pitch to remonstrate with the referee Referee turned around and sent off Gavin Rose, Junior Caddy and Albert Jarrett, who was the player who had just been taken off. It now means that Dulwich have lost five of their last seven league games and of those seven games they've failed to score in five of them. Some transfer news. We've signed Joe Benjamin from league rivals Berry Town, who's come in and he's affectionately known as The Tank. And uh, we can confirm that he is absolutely massive, probably even bigger than Connor French. And... After Tank came in, uh, Tom Derry left. So Tom played a couple of games for the club. Didn't manage to score, unfortunately, and we wish Tom all the best. We spoke to him in our previous episode. Really nice guy. A couple of things have been going on on the For the Hamlet website recently. We've started posting some blogs because there's a lot going on at the moment. And even though we are quite active on Twitter and Facebook, there's an awful lot that you can't fit into those posts so we've started writing a weekly blog usually on a Friday just rounding up what's been going on what we're doing and then also what's going on around the club 
so keep an eye out for that we post it usually on friday afternoon or friday evening we also now have a supporters gallery on the website of dulwich hamlet fans who are traveling the world and posting us photos or tweeting us photos of themselves in Dulwich Hamlet shirts or holding up scarves around the world. We've had some recently from New Zealand, from Barcelona, uh, one from the States. So if you are traveling and you have some of your Dulwich Hamlet attire on you, please do get a photo of you in it. Tweet, tweet it to us and we'll add it to the gallery. Don't forget that we also have a whole load of For the Hamlet t-shirts that are available to buy online. Just Google For the Hamlet and Spread Shirt. That's For the Hamlet and Spreadshirt, and you'll be able to visit our site. Remember to get involved with For the Hamlet online. Our Twitter is at Ford Hamlet. Our Facebook is For the Hamlet, and the website is ForTheHamlet.com, where you can find all of our past episodes. And For the Hamlet is part of the Holdfast Network. Visit HoldFastNetwork.com for more quality podcasts. That's it for this week's Hugo Lus episode of For the Hamlet. We'll see you in two weeks. An absolute humdinger from about 25 yards. Get it. Swaggering dandies. An absolute humdinger. Swaggering dandies. An absolute humdinger.